everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter and the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Up next, Out Loud with John O'Caldwell, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Hi folks, it's Gianno Caldwell. Here's the second half of my fun and insightful interview with legendary defense attorney and constitutional scholar and longtime Harvard Law School professor Alan Dershowitz. I ask you about the efforts by the Democrats to impeach President Trump. I know it seems like something that happened many years ago. <laughs> Not in my life. In my life, people still don't talk to me because I defended the president on the floor of the Senate. And so some of my oldest and dearest friends have severed their relationship with me because they thought I was a sellout and a traitor. They don't understand the role of a lawyer. I was there defending the Constitution. The Constitution was misused by the Democrats. Uh, President Trump was impeached unconstitutionally on grounds not set out in the Constitution. And that's the argument I made. I'm proud of that argument. And I now know who my true friends are. Okay. No, that's good. And as a person who's a conservative and been a conservative for over a decade, I've even written a book about it, Taken for Granted. I, too, as someone who's in the Black community, kind of rejected because of my politics and even just my professional position. So I I appreciate you know what that's like. We're in the, we're in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, we definitely we are. In 19, I think it was the 1960s, you hosted a talk at Harvard uh, by Malcolm X on the subject of black liberation. Can you tell us that story and how, in your view, rights for black Americans have both advanced and stalled since then? It was an amazing event. I was like a month into being the youngest assistant professor in the history of Harvard Law School. And I get a call from the Harvard Law School forum saying we've invited Malcolm X to speak, but no faculty member will introduce him. And the rules of the association require that there be a faculty member introducing the speaker. Otherwise, the speaker is not allowed to speak. I said, of course, I'll do it. Freedom of speech. And so uh, I did get to introduce and have dinner with Malcolm uh, X. Uh, He had just come back from the Middle East. So part of the dinner was spent talking about the Israeli-Arab conflict and other issues. Uh, Malcolm X, again, perfectly, perfect example of a mixed picture. Somebody who 
certainly raised consciousness about inequality in the black community, certainly gave a lot of pride to African-Americans back in his day, but he was not perfect. His life started as a criminal. He did advocate violence. He died violently. We still don't know exactly the circumstances of his death, but we do know that uh, Louis Farrakhan played some role in it and that Elijah Muhammad and others in the Black Muslim movement played some role in it. Mixed picture. If you start taking down statues of people who have mixed records, you're going to have to change the name of Malcolm X Boulevard in Harlem because he does have a, a mixed record. But I think we have to understand that most great leaders, or at least many great leaders, do. The situation of African-Americans in America has so dramatically changed in the last 50 years. I went down south in 19, see, it was between my last year of law school, I went twice, last year of law school in my clerkship and in my second year of law school, I trained to go down south at Howard University uh, by the NAACP, and I went down there and saw the horrors that were going on in parts of the South with African-Americans being beaten if they wanted to vote or wanted to sit in integrated counters. My wife's father owned a pharmacy in Charleston, South Carolina, and one of his best friends was an African-American doctor, and he was not allowed to sit at the lunch counter with his best friend in his own pharmacy. He had to take Dr. Chisholm up to his office where he could have lunch with him privately. That's how terrible the situation was back then. It is so much better today, but it's not close to being good enough. You know, it's a work in progress, but let nobody think that we haven't made progress with various civil rights acts and voting rights acts. And the fact that we have had a black president now have a black vice presidential candidate Mm -hmm. is not alone enough to say there's been a change, but it's certainly a manifestation my children's generation don't even recognize race as a salient characteristic. They just pick people, as Martin Luther King said in his famous speech, not based on the color of their skin, but the quality of their character. I think we're moving in that direction, but we're not even close to being there. You know what? what's interesting? If I can take you to my kitchen table for a moment, sure. growing up in, in Chicago, on the south side of Chicago, Internally, with not just my family, but the entire black community, I would say, we often admire the Jewish community and the sex, success that we often see within. So there's this this old saying that y- you find a lot of wealth in the Jewish community. And people have been like Jay-Z have made comments about the wealth in the Jewish community, as he tried to say, a complimentary. What do you think African-Americans need to do in order to to ascend to that level? There's so much success within your community? Is it we need to be more cohesive as a community? What should we be doing to uh, to rise to that level of success that we often see in the Jewish community? It's so hard to make those kinds of uh, judgments. Look, the Jewish community was extraordinarily jealous of the African-American community. I mean, all of our, many of our heroes, sports heroes, music heroes, uh, you name it, Martin Luther King, Barack Obama came from the black community. So, you know, I would rather, instead of calling it mutual jealousy, call it mutual admiration. We each can learn a lot from each other. Different communities at different stages in their history react in different ways. And, you know, Jews had to accumulate wealth back in the Europe 
they were not allowed to own land. They only could make money by lending money because that's not prohibited in Jewish law. And so Jews became bankers and lenders. And that's a tradition that has kept up. Uh, also, I think Jewish education, that is, my parents were not educated. Neither of them went to college. My father didn't graduate in high school. I was the first person in my family to go to college. My parents lived for me to go to college. They would have done anything. Fortunately, I lived in Brooklyn where there was a free college, Brooklyn College, and a diverse and free college and an excellent school. I would love to see a return to free public education in every state, at least one school that's excellent and is free to give opportunities. I think family, education, all of those things contribute to the success of a community, but we are different communities and we have different yeah. values. We shouldn't try to impose one model on any other community. I can agree with that assessment. I just think that within the black community is important to dig within and really pull out the potential that exists. Cause I think there's a lot of self doubt that's often placed on a community because of some of the issues that we've seen uh, sure. come throughout our country from slavery, from Jim Crow, from any a number of these other issues that People just believe that ascending to a particular level isn't possible. And I think that's detrimental to the community. And Professor, I want to follow up with you on that. But first, we have to take a commercial break. We'll be right back. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. 
don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. The switching gears following the death of George Floyd and the racial and civil unrest that we've seen erupt in cities across the country. How should law enforcement change how they operate? Well, first of all, we shouldn't be defunding the police. We should be increasing the funding of police. Remember who policemen are. They're working class people. They're people who get up every morning and have one goal, and that is to protect you and me and to come home and be safe with their family. And they're underfunded, they're underpaid, uh, they're undertrained. We don't have enough money for non-lethal weapons. Every police officer should have a non-lethal weapon so that when somebody is coming at them with a knife, uh, they don't have to shoot them in the heart. They can fire the non-lethal weapon. Joe Biden said they should shoot him in the legs. That sounds a little bit more like cowboy movie stuff. (laughs) But the use of non-lethal weapons, the use of better training, more community-controlled police, but I'm in favor of increasing the funding of police rather than defunding the police. Defunding the police has become a slogan uh, AOC advocates it, and she's just dead wrong. The major victims of defunding the police would be her community and community of people who are vulnerable and who aren't protected enough. We need more police and more well-trained police in communities that have currently have high crime rates in order to bring the crime rates down. And so uh, there's a lot we can do. There have been a lot of miscarriages of justice by policemen shooting unarmed African-Americans, mm-hmm. some more than others. Um, yes. The Breonna Taylor case and does I was not just strike, about to ask that question. Yeah, does not strike me as a case which appropriately calls for the level of protests that we've had. That was a tragic, horrible situation. Nobody should have ever fired a shot there. But the first shot was fired by Breonna Taylor's boyfriend at a police officer, mm-hmm. hit him in the thigh, caused profuse bleeding. He could have died. And police are trained and would be trained even today to shoot back at the source of fire. It was a horrible tragedy, but I think the prosecutor in that case, an African-American prosecutor, uh, came to the right conclusion Mm -hmm. and did not charge those police officers with murder. He -hmm. did charge one police officer with reckless disregard for life by firing kind of aimlessly through a window that might very well have hit people in an adjoining apartment. But... It's a nuanced case. It's a case that is, doesn't fit into the Floyd case where that was a murder. That was just a murder. I mean, yes. the, the idea that you would put your knee on the neck of somebody who was already under control and keep it there for all that time, there's just no conceivable justification for that. But not all cases are the same. Not all policemen are the same. And so We have to look at every case individually with the presumption of innocence. Even police have a presumption of innocence. Yeah, I I agree with that. And Daniel Cameron, the attorney general of Kentucky, I've seen a lot of legal analysis. And of course, you're the genius here with any and all things legal professor. But it seems as though a lot of people came to the same conclusion that he made the right decision. But that that hasn't stopped all the hate that he's received from numerous members of the black community. So that's and the white community and the white community. I, I have friends the left, who have yeah. just despised him, uh, saying that it was, he, he, you know, he's an Uncle Tom. It was a cover up. Uh, they purposely gave it to a black prosecutor so that it would have, you know, you hear all of that. You hear it from uh, people of color. You hear it from white people. 
And again, you hear diverse views from people in every community, and that's what we need to encourage. People should make up their minds based on the facts and your identity, whether it be black or white or gay or straight, uh, or Jewish or Christian or Muslim. That shouldn't be the determining factor on how you analyze the facts of a case. I agree. And the district attorney who the case initially went through was a white Democrat. So that's interesting that they've not uh, put all that fire at his course, particular door. So that that's really interesting. Uh, next question for you. And I know you got to go. So we're going to wrap here really soon. How do you assess the threat posed by Antifa and how should local, state and federal law enforcement respond? Well, you know, there's an interesting article today in um an Israeli newspaper, I think it's Aretz or, or the Jerusalem Post, I can't remember, I read it this morning, about the man who wrote the book on Antifa. And he's a Rutgers uh, professor. And he justifies violence. Uh, he says, you need to use violence. And, you know, the idea, and I've heard it from the Vice President, uh, I'm sorry, Vice President Biden, and others, Antifa is not an organization, it's a concept. Nonsense. It's like Black Lives Matter. It is a uh, an organization that has many sub-organizations within it. It's a concept. Yes, anti-fascism is a concept. Black Lives Matter is a concept. But I know, because I have been attacked by Antifa in places mm. like uh, Berkeley and other places, they don't want to hear me speak because of my centrist, liberal, pro-Israel views and my defense of against the impeachment of President Trump. So it's not just that they try to stop fascists. They define fascists as anybody except them. And by their definition, I'm a fascist. By their definition, you're a fascist. By their definition, Shapiro is a fascist. And uh, other conservatives are fascists. So I, I have nothing but contempt for Antifa. If we did have listing of domestic groups as terrorist groups, I think Antifa would qualify as a terrorist organization, and it can't hide by the fact that it doesn't have an elected president, vice president, and board of directors. In any given community, you know who the Antifa members are. You know that they get called out. You know that they're coherent and they stick together and they join in mobs and riots. And again, their goals, sure, who wants fascism? But yeah. their means is what's so, so questionable. So with Black Lives Matter, do you come to a similar conclusion? And I know that there's a difference between the movement of people who are like my friends who right. go with the slogan Black Lives Matter and they, they 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 use the hashtag. But then there's an organization which is getting all this funding. No one knows where the money is going going to. And then, of course, the founders, uh, at least one of them is a trained Marxist. There's there's a lot going on there that people don't really understand. I agree completely. Look, I support the concept Black Lives Matter. I have for the last 50 or 60 years. I devoted a lot of my life to bringing about equality based on a race. But I cannot support any organization that has in its platform the singling out of one country, just one country, the nation state of the Jewish people, Israel, calling it genocidal, calling it apartheid. Not a single mention of the Philippines where policemen gunned down innocent people on the street. Uh, Venezuela, Iran, where gay people are hanged, nothing about any other country in the world, just the nation state of the Jewish people. And when you single out the nation state of the Jewish people and call it genocidal, when it's tried to defend itself and killed fewer Palestinians in 75 years than the Jordanians did in the very short period of time called Black September, 
you know that you're crossing the line to anti-Semitism. So I cannot support the organization that has as its platform ending aid to Israel because it's a genocidal apartheid state singling out only Israel. So that's where I stand on Black Lives Matter. Support the concept, support the idea, oppose the organization that has that in its platform. I wrote back two years, four years ago, urging them to change the platform. Apparently they considered changing it, but I haven't heard any result that would indicate that they did change it. I want to thank you so much for your time because you sure. really... Oh, it's a pleasure. Been... You're a great host and you have great yeah. questions and great topics. Thank you. But thank you so much for that. And I want to switch gears. But first, here's a word from our sponsors. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Now, on the, the issue of the election, uh, as you mentioned, yeah. we don't know what direction it's going to go. The polls say this. The enthusiasm is on Trump's side, et cetera. Then we have all these mail-in ballots. As an example, in the state of Pennsylvania, as an example, in 2016, they got about 80,000 uh, absentee votes. And this year, during the primary, they got 1.5 million uh, mail-in ballots back in. So we know that in numerous states, there's going to be a, a mail-in election all across the sure. country, which may change the outcome of the election. If you look at some people's homes, some folks have received over a dozen ballots, which I assume the voter fraud can actually happen. I think any reasonable person can come to that assessment. Who knows if it's enough, enough to change the course of an election? What do you think happens the day after the election? Do we know who the president is? Does it go to the courts? Did voter fraud have a really big impact? And if it does, where do we go from there? Well, all of the above. It, if it's a close election, it will go to the courts. I think a lot of people, whether they're Democrat or Republican, are hoping that the election will be decided by people who go to the polls and that you won't even need to count 
the mail-in ballots, but probably that won't happen, at least in some contested states. The outcome may very well be determined by ballots that are written in. The question is, what's worse, having a little bit of fraud or having a lot of voters disenfranchised because of the COVID threat? Uh, I, for example, I've always voted my whole life in person. I love voting. I love bringing my kids when they're five or six years old. This year, I'm not. I'm going to vote by mail this year. I'm 82 years old. I'm vulnerable. I've been, you know, living relatively in isolation. And for the first time since I voted for John Kennedy in 1960, I'm voting by uh, by mail. But I'm very careful how I'm going to vote by mail. I'm going to make sure it's done right, not fraudulently. And I think I argued a few months ago that Congress should set up a bipartisan commission to assess the voting, a fair bipartisan. So it doesn't have to go to the courts. But I suspect we'll see a lot of activity in the courts. And here is the the one scenario that scares a lot of people. Let's assume the case goes to the courts and it becomes like Bush versus Gore, ultimately gets to the Supreme Court. And the vote is five to four with the deciding vote for President Trump being cast by the woman he nominated to the Supreme Court just a month before the election. Will the American public accept that the way they accepted Bush versus Gore, even though that was on partisan grounds? But would they accept a five to four vote with the deciding vote being cast by the president's nominee? I hope they would accept it, but I think there would be some questions. We, I guarantee you Antifa would not accept it. I guarantee no. <laughs> you AOC would not accept it. And I guarantee there are people on the hard left who would never accept it. And probably the same thing is true on the hard right if the shoe were on the other foot. Well, I mean, in the 2016 election, one can argue that they've still not accepted it. And I know I said that was my last question, but really promise this is the last one. Do you okay. think COVID-19, I'm, I'm promise you I'll be done. Do you think, do you think COVID-19 was really sent by way of China? Well, I think the Chinese could have done a lot more to have prevented it and let the world know what had happened in Wuhan. But that doesn't mean that it's the fault of the Chinese people, certainly not. Uh, I would not call it the Chinese virus. But, you know, we have named other viruses after countries. Look, you go back in history, the Black Plague, that was not named after black people. The Black Plague was blamed on the Jews. Many ministers preach from the pulpit that it was the sins of the Jews and not accepting Jesus that caused God to bring about the Black Plague. So we shouldn't use plagues to make racial or ethnic or discriminatory statements, we should devote all of our attention to fighting the virus and to hope that there is a vaccine. I grew up in the age of polio and our heroes were the two people, Sabin and Salk, who invented, who discovered the vaccine that stopped the scourge of polio. I hope that we will have the same and we will be able to celebrate great scientists who put an end to this COVID-19 that's my hope for the year 2021. Well, Professor Dershowitz, I want to thank you so, so much for giving us at Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell your time. I mean, you've enlightened everyone, I can tell you that. And I personally look forward to purchasing your book, Cancel Culture, The Latest Attack on Free Speech and Due Process. And I hope every one of my listeners will do so as well. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate that. But there's, there's one other book I hope people will look at. You can get it free on Kindle. It's called Guilt by Accusation, and it's the book that proves that I never even met the woman who falsely accused me, and it's an attack on her and her lawyers for concocting this case against me and 
you know, I wrote it not only for myself, but for everyone who's been falsely accused. So you can get that free on Kindle, guilt by accusation. So thanks for mentioning my books. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And you took the royalties out so you can ensure people can get it free. I read somewhere. Okay. I get no royalties for that. Good. Thanks a lot. And all of your books will be on my webpage. So thank you again, Professor. And uh, I hope to meet you in person. Yeah. Yeah, that would be nice. But keep doing good things. This is a great this is a great podcast. I really enjoyed being on. Thanks. I think we're going to make a commercial out of that. So hopefully that's free of charge, right? <laughs> hey, wait a minute. If you're going to make a commercial out of me praising your podcast, I also have a podcast now. It's called The Dirt Show. Like my okay. name, D-E-R-S-H-O-W. You can get it on Spotify and YouTube and all the rest of the places. I don't have as many listeners as you do, but uh, we're beginning. We're just beginning. Well, I look forward to checking out your podcast as well. Again, guys, uh, please get the professor's books. I mean, it was an honor of a lifetime to be with you. This is Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell. Thanks again to Professor Alan Dershowitz for our incredible two-part interview. Tune in next week for my interview with veteran and Fox and Friends weekend host Pete Hetseth. You don't want to miss it. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to our producer, Stephen Calabria, researcher Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.